Hello, thank you for your interest in the Ocean Mind Sangha. Uh, these uh, talks are recorded live. I give them from the south of Mexico, where I live. And they usually happen on Wednesday evenings during our sit, our Wednesday sit. And we offer these talks freely. But if you would like to offer a donation, know that that is always much, much appreciated. Um, your support allows me to dedicate more time to writing and teaching about the Dharma. Uh, it supports the operations of the Ocean Mind Sangha, and it allows us to offer scholarships, especially for classes, uh, for people who might need them. Uh, if you would like to offer a donation, you can visit uh, my website at vanessasuisegoddard.org. Thank you again for your practice and your support. We are here to do our second Chukai ceremony, the Ocean Mind Sangha. And today, Alexandra and Adam and Norm are taking the precepts, the Buddhist precepts. And so, first, you actually you'll need to bow. Yeah, so yeah. You can, <laughs> you can give your daughter to your wife because you'll need to stand. So, you know, this is only the second time that we do this ceremony, and so I will talk you through it, um, and also so that it's clear all the various steps that the two of you be, behind you, behind your your mat, that the two of you are taking. So <clears throat> the first three bows that uh, I, yes, the first three bows that you're doing are to the Buddha behind me. So you can go ahead. So they are bowing to the Buddha, the historical Buddha. They are bowing to their own awakened nature. And they are in their bow, in their gasho. The, the gasho is said to be the Buddha, the, the pure mudra of the three karmas, <clears throat> body, mouth, and mind. And so in bringing those, three, those um, opposites together, we're bringing all of our action, all of our intention to bear to this moment. Next, you will do three bows in the direction that your parents are buried, or if one of your parents is alive, in the direction that they would be now, uh, in recognition of their lineage, in recognition of their um, making it possible for you to be here today, and in gratitude for their teachings, good, bad, and otherwise. <laughs> and their karma, which of course flows in you. Um, and, and all of it is taking responsibility and being present, acknowledging all of it. So Norm, you're bowing in the direction that your parents are buried, in acknowledgement of their gift of life, in, their, in acknowledgement of everything that they have given you.
We have covered now the, the Buddha on the altar, and we're establishing the new altar here. Oh, you can stay, yes. So we're establishing the new altar here uh, with me as the Kaishi, the preceptor. This is an acknowledgement of the lineage from the ancestors being handed down all the time, all the, since the time of the Buddha, all the way to this point. If, if it goes out, it's, it's okay. <clears throat> and so you will do now three bows in this direction. Okay, so you can take a seat. <clears throat> oh, and Norm, you can't hear me because I'm mic to this meeting. We still have a little bit of uh, technicalities to, to work through. Um, yeah, why don't you bring his chair a little bit closer? So Norm, who is one of the people who are taking the precepts, is in Chicago. He was not able to be with us in person, but he is very much present in the room. Thank you. And luckily, technology makes it possible for us to, to be here together. And, you know, as, as we move through the ceremony, there's a bit happening, and there's a bit of talking that I'll be doing, but especially for the three of you, you know, really come to this moment. You know, you might not do this again, you, you will not do this again with me. And so you want to be really present to this meeting of minds. And by mind, I mean all of it. I mean heart, I mean spirit, I mean body that we are engaging in together. And, you know, there's that image of the, of the chick and the hen, right? So the chick is inside the egg, the hen is outside. That's an image that sometimes is used in the teacher-student relationship. And so this is in no way an end. It is like a birth, right? I'm tapping on one side. You've been tapping on the other for some time. And now we're meeting and helping to break that shell together so that you can burst forth into a fuller, because it's not even new. It's a fuller, fuller life. Okay. <clears throat> So now the two of you could kneel in Seiza, please. And if you need to use your zabuton, if you, your zafu, if you need to be up, that's fine. Um, I am going to invoke the three treasures. I will do this by myself. So I am invoking all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, you know, that great lineage of ancestors, historical and non-historical, all the many beings in all realms that have made it possible for us to be here today. And, you know, we invite them to witness, to support, to bless this ceremony, to bless you taking this step and to give you their protection. 
And then the rest of, of, of us, although they're the ones formally taking the precepts today, formally taking these vows, all of us can do that. You know, all of us can renew, all of us can aspire, all of us can establish or reestablish that aspiration to awaken. So, as I said, I will chant this uh, by myself in Japanese, then in English, and then in Japanese. So you can uh, go up, and everybody, please gusho. Namuji po putsu namuji po ho namuji po so namu honshi shakyamuni butsu namu dai zu dai hi ukoko kanzeon bosa namu kaijin fugen bosa namu daishin manju shri bosa namu koso joyo daishi namu taiso josai daishi namu riki daiso shi bosa tsu be one with the Buddha in the ten directions. Be one with the Dharma in the ten directions. Be one with the Sangha in the ten directions. Be one with our original teacher, Shakyamuni Buddha. Be one with great compassionate Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. Be one with great wise Samantabhadra Bodhisattva. Be one with great holy Manjushri Bodhisattva. Be one with Koso Joyo Daishi. Be one with Taiso Josai Daishi. Be one with the successive great ancestors. Namuji po butsu namuji po ho namuji po so namu honshi shakyamuni butsu namu dai zu dai hyukyoku kanzeon bosa namu kaijin fugen bosa namu daishin manju shri bosa namu koso joyo daishi namu taiso josai daishi namu riki dai soshi bosa tsu Okay, so you can sit back down for a moment. So, as you heard, you know, these are uh, the, the, the main bodhisattvas that, um, that are really at the, at the heart, you could say, of the, of the Buddhist. Um, Thaitarashi always used the name pantheon, but it, the, the, the Buddhist cosmology, Manjushri and Avalokiteshvara or, or Kuan Yin, uh, Shakyamuni Buddha, of course. And the last two names, Koso Joyo Daishi and Taiso Josai Daishi, are uh, Dogen Zenji and Keizan Zenji, who are really considered like the mother and father in our lineage, in the Soto lineage. So, so, so you really have the whole, um, you, you have the whole support behind you. You have wisdom, you have compassion, you have uh, the, 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 um, uh, aspiration and the grit and the perseverance to create a whole lineage of study of practice and all of it has been brought down to us 2600 years to this point this place this time in watermill new york in long island so that you can be the beneficiaries and you can then pay it forward or pass it on so next we will do the Gatha of Atonement. And 
the Gatha of Atonement, as my teacher always liked to say, is the Gatha of Atonement. Right, so you are now taking responsibility. We are all taking responsibility for our, our karma. The three wheels of karma, of action, are body, speech, and thought. And so we create karma with our actions. That is easy enough to see. We create karma with our words. And that is the reason why in Buddhism there are so many teachings, so many of the precepts, so many of the Buddha's teachings, uh, on right speech, because words have power. Because words, as Dogen uh, Zenji used to say, have the power to, to transform, to turn the nation. And so for us to be very careful, very loving, very aware of our words. And then um, our thoughts. We also create karma with our thought. So what we think and what we nurture in our minds also creates karma. That is why we so carefully, so deliberately train our minds. Right? So we are about to take responsibility for the three um, uh, poisons, greed, anger, and ignorance, really to, to, to aspire, to cultivate, turning them into the three virtues of generosity, uh, compassion, and wisdom. Remember, you know, I always uh, attribute this quote to um, Teshimaru, Teshimaru or, uh, no, no, Karagiri, but I have not been able to find it. But that quote, in the relative, we are always responsible. In the absolute, we're always forgiven. That is always true. <clears throat> so I will chant, and then you will repeat after me, and Jess will lead us in the, the echo. Everybody, please, Kasho. <clears throat> All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. On account of my beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. Of my body, mouth, and thought. Now I atone for it all. All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. On account of my beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. On Born of my body, mouth, and thought. Now I atone for it all. All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. On account of my beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. Born of my body, mouth, and thought. Born of my body, 
So you take one bow, one full bow. Next, we're doing the aspurging, uh, and I will do that one at a time, and actually maybe Jess, if you could, when it's Norm's turn, uh, bring the, <coughs> the iPad close. So aspurging, it's not really a purification. It is a, a meeting of two minds. This is water from the ocean. And this is a, a spruce branch from the mountain. And so in the aspergin, um, we're acknowledging the identification that is always present. The fact that you and I are one and we're also different. And in that meeting, in this moment, we are forming a different bond. You know, so, so all of us uh, here in this room have to whatever extent, to whatever level, decided to make the Buddhist path our path. But in this moment, the three of you especially are saying very deliberately, I want the three treasures to guide me. I want them to be my refuge. I want them to remind me when I forget. And we are saying to one another, help me remember and so in the in the aspurging we're simply acknowledging that unity like the gasho that that coming together of these minds which of course are not multiple minds Okay, you do one full bow. Uh, seated bows, of course, Norm.
So having invoked the three treasures, uh, now you're actually going to take refuge in the three treasures. Three treasures of Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. So what are you taking refuge in? The Buddha really is your awakened nature. It is always there, even when you don't have access to it, even when you don't feel it, even when in someone else you don't see it. It is like the sun, always present, always shining. Sometimes it is obscured behind clouds. And so our work is to do what is necessary to let the clouds disperse, right? to let the sun shine fully. Taking refuge in the Dharma, you are taking refuge in the Buddha's teachings, but you're also taking refuge in truth. You're taking refuge in things as they are, which seems simple until you have to do it. Delusion is really, at its heart, is not wanting things to be as they are. It is aversion to what is. And so a great deal of our practice is learning to first see what is there, accept what is there, and when what is there needs to be a little more, to be able to recognize that and step into that more. You understand? Because there's accepting, but you never want that to turn into resignation, right? And so there's, there's that, that very fine line, you know, where you challenge yourself, you, you, you inspire yourself, and that's also what we do for one another, but there's also a deep acceptance of where you are, how you can practice, how often, how long, and how do you let that fill everything? If it's one drop, that drop reflects the moon. If it's the ocean, the ocean reflects the moon, exactly the same. So let it fill that water completely. And then we take refuge in the Sangha, right? So first, this Sangha, the ocean mind Sangha, your your partners in crime, your noble friends. (laughs) And then the larger Sangha, everyone who has said at some point, I want to wake up. And then beyond, everyone who will never even think about such a thing, who will not know, or who might know and won't have the opportunity. Everyone is included. There is no way to leave anyone out. So don't leave anyone out. And what we are doing in this taking of refuge is we're saying we will drop the pretense, right? We will be very simple. We will be unadorned. We will just be ourselves. Now, that's what I've been trying to communicate this weekend, to to not let any of this become a thing. You know, all of these accoutrements, (laughs) as my teacher used to say, is just so that we can be very simply who we are because we forget, because we can't get to it. And so really let yourself, give yourself permission to be who you are and let that be the best 
that you can be, the best that you can, of, of what you can offer, the fullest of what you can offer others. <clears throat> so as before, I will chant in Japanese, then I will do one verse in English, and then one in Japanese. When I do the one in English, you will repeat after me. And so if you can go up to Choki, and if everyone could please gasho. Namu kie butsu namu kie ho namu kie so kibutsu mujo san kie ho ruen san kie so wago san kie bukyo kie ho kyo kie so kyo I take refuge in the Buddha I take refuge in the Dharma I take refuge in the Sangha. I take refuge in the Buddha, the incomparably honored one. I take refuge in the Dharma, honorable for its purity. I take refuge in the Sangha, honorable for its harmony. I take refuge in the Sangha, honorable for its harmony. I have taken refuge in the Buddha. I have taken refuge in the Dharma. I have taken refuge in the Dharma. I have taken refuge in the Sangha. Namuki e butsu namuki e ho namuki e so ki butsu muja san ki e ho ruen san ki e so wago san ki e bukyo ki e ho kyo ki e so kyo. Now I will ask you, and you will respond with, I vow to. Do you take refuge in the three treasures? I vow to take refuge in the three treasures. Could you unmute him, please? Okay, you can take a seat. Uh, one full bow, sorry. All right, so now we go into the three pure precepts. The three pure precepts are the map. They are the map of how to live a good life. And by good, I mean in goodness. As you know, the three pure precepts are to refrain from harm, to practice good, and to actualize good for others. So first, when you're going to act, if you can't say something good, if you cannot offer something good, stop, refrain, do nothing. This is actually probably the hardest one. You know, in that moment when being hurt, we want to hurt. You know, we want to lash out. We want to let the other person know 
what they have done. We want to teach. We want to point out. Remember, not my responsibility. This is my, my field, my Buddha field. First and foremost, I stop and refrain. It is a renunciation, right? The, the, the renouncing a right to be right, a right to be first, a right to be comfortable at the uh, um, expense of another. And so what we're choosing instead is the right to be free. Then we take another step. We practice good. We actualize as the third step, that good, that goodness in others' lives. So first, it's just, it's just deciding, having refrained from what did not need to be said, did not need to be done, what can I offer? How can I be of benefit? How can I serve? And then to take that next step and to really let that be very much alive in others' lives, right? So, so to bring them, in another sense, to bring them into your Buddha field. So I will um, give a little bit of commentary. So this is uh, Dogen Zenji's commentary, the Kyoju Kaimon, on the precepts. I will say the precept, I will give the commentary, I will repeat the precept, and then you will repeat by saying, I vow to, and you will say the precept. And you'll do three bows at the end. <clears throat> uh, and you can go into Choki. And you can be in Gashonor. I vow to not create evil. This is the root of all our activity. Sorry. Not creating evil. This is the abiding place of all Buddhas. This is the very source of all Buddhas. I vow to not create evil. Will you maintain this? I vow not to create evil. I vow to practice good. This is the embodiment of your activity. This is how we wake up from the dream of delusion. Practicing good. This is the Dharma of Samyak Sambodhi, Supreme Enlightenment. This is the way of all beings. I vow to practice good. Will you maintain this? I vow to practice good. I vow to actualize good for others. This is the, the activation of our vows. This is when we make them actionable. This is how we live as bodhisattvas, as enlightenment beings. Master Dogen says, actualizing good for others. This is to transcend the profane and to be beyond the holy. This is to fall on neither side. And what is that place? This is to liberate oneself and others. I vow to actualize good for others. Will you maintain this? I vow to actualize good for others. So three vows.
You can take a seat. So now we go to the 10 grave precepts. If the three pure precepts are the cardinal directions on the map, harm, good, more good, the 10 grave precepts you know, are the roads, they're the pathways, they're the trails, they're where you actually really get in there, right? You get into the brambles. This is where you try to find your way through your life. And they're not, as you know, they are not rules, they are guidelines. So they still, you still need to bring them into your life. You still need to look at your life and see, how do I practice this? And how do I practice it in a way that is sustainable, right? So how do I not just pretend that I'm practicing, but how do I really practice this precept? And my guess is that you, and hopefully that you will keep growing into them with time, that you will keep returning to them and you will see more, you will realize more, you will hopefully want to do more, you'll want to integrate more, right? So each of these is telling you a particular aspect of life, how do I work with it? They're telling you in a very, very open way, and then you bring yourself to them. I will say the precept, right? I will say the precept. Um, I will give a little commentary. I will give uh, Dogen Zenji's commentary, and then I will say the precept again. You, as before, will say, I vow to, but this time you will do one bow after each one. Okay. Is that clear, Norm? I vow to affirm life, I will not kill. This has all the ways that we take life, you know, to actually take somebody's life. But most importantly, as my teacher now says, is to rob somebody of the opportunity to awaken. That is actually a more egregious breaking of the precept, even than taking somebody's physical life. And so also, all the ways in which we might disregard, ignore, uh, suppress one another, all the ways as we have been seeing in, this, in our study of the precepts, in which we in some way take life for ourselves away from someone else. This is the precept of non-killing. Life is non-killing. The seed of Buddha grows continuously. Maintain the wisdom life of Buddha and do not kill life. I vow to affirm life, I will not kill. Will you maintain this? I vow to affirm life, I will not kill. And as they're taking the precepts, uh, the rest of us should be in Gesho. Uh, you can sit back for a second and I'll tell you when to go up. The second is the vow to be giving, and, and you can also um, come down until I tell you. I'll, I'll do a little commentary first. So the second is the, pre the precept to be giving, right? To not steal. 
this precept is really encouraging us first to refrain from taking what is not ours, which is all of it. So then, how do you live? It also inspires us to extend the boundaries of what we see as ours. That we actually be giving with what we think is ours. That we stretch, that we, that we press that outward. Because as another precept says, you know, self and other are one, or see self and other as one. And so, you know, noticing that impulse, you know, to save something for ourselves, we open, we give, we offer. So instead of involuting, constraining, we open what is by nature limitless. So don't put boundaries on what has none. Okay, everybody, please kasha. This is the precept on non-stealing. The mind and externals are just thus. The gate of liberation is always open. I vow to be giving, I will not steal. Will you maintain this? I vow to be giving, I will not steal. The third precept is to honor the body, to not misuse sexuality. This is sexuality that is self-centered, that is self-serving, that is, um, I was going to say rooted in desire, but of course desire is always a part of sexuality. So this is sexuality that involutes, that takes and doesn't give, that uses power. And of the three poisons I have said in the past, you know, desire is the strongest, and sexual desire is the strongest desire. And so that is why we have so many teachings around it as well. You know, why we're so careful with it, because it is easy. It is easy to fall. It is easy to want what you want. Actually, let me just say it very simply. It is easy to want what you want. And so this precept is asking not that we renounce desire. Sexual, um, sexuality is wondrous. It is miraculous. It is magnificent. It is simply to let that container be larger, right? And to understand that, that anything that we choose to ignore will come and bite us in the ass. <laughs> basically. So this is one of those precepts that is, uh, it is good to work with when you're calm, so that it doesn't catch you by surprise, because it does. And so this is one of those precepts to, um, you know, just periodically turn to, turn to, and ask yourself, you know, where am I with this? When we don't yeah, we miss, we just miss things. And so this is asking us to honor this body and to honor this body, everybody. It asks that we see each other as people, 
right? not as objects, and certainly not as means. So you can get show. This is the precept on not misusing sexuality. The three wheels of body, mouth, and mind, greed, anger, and ignorance are pure and clean. Nothing is desired in this place. Go the same way as the Buddha. I vow to honor the body. I will not misuse sexuality. Will you maintain this? I vow to honor the body. I will will not misuse sexuality. The fourth grave precept is to manifest truth, to not lie. We lie to protect. We lie to protect ourselves. We lie in whether it's a small white lie, a half-truth, or a big, uh, an, an actual lie. When we see the self as self, we need to protect it. When we see that the self is an illusion, what is there to protect? And so this precept is really saying, I vow to live unprotected. And I can tell you from experience that it is much easier and much lighter and much more um, peaceful, you know, to, to live unprotected. And so when we pray to the world, the eight worldly winds of praise and blame, pain and pleasure, uh, fame and disrepute, success and failure. We protect, we elevate, we um, keep the self going. And so this is saying, let me be open and exposed. I think I, I oh, and that, that piece that I wrote, you know, that I was saying about the precepts. When we take refuge, we're really saying, let me be unprotected. Because my protection, what is my protection? Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. What is my protection? this group of noble friends? What is my protection, my belief, my trust, that I can see what needs to be seen? And lying, of course, harms others, but it's actually the most corrosive agent for us. And so unsettling and exhausting. So manifesting truth is really to walk the ground of reality, to travel lightly. This is the precept on not lying. The Dharma wheel unceasingly turns, and there is neither excess nor is there lack. Sweet dew permeates the universe. Gain the essence and realize the truth. I vow to manifest truth. I will not lie. Will you maintain this? I vow to manifest truth. I will not lie. The fifth grave precept is to proceed clearly. I will not cloud the mind. This is, of course, the obvious ways. Drugs, alcohol, sex, television, your phone. It's any time that we turn toward fantasy, that we turn to a story instead of reality. 
And we all do this at some point, so you don't have to be obsessive about it, about it either. It really is just a, a, a precept. Um, Of, of walking light, not, not mm, it really goes with the last one, you know, to walk lightly and to walk in light as in seeing things as they are. And so whenever you choose to numb yourself in any way, notice, oh, this is what I'm choosing to protect and choose to proceed clearly, to self-liberate. This is the precept on non-clouding the mind. It has never been. What is this it? Do not be defiled. It, it is indeed the great clarity. I vow to proceed clearly. I will not cloud the mind. Will you maintain this? I vow to proceed clearly. I will not cloud the mind. The sixth great precept is to see the perfection and not speak of others' errors and faults. This is about right speech. Because we can harm so quickly, so easily with our words. And so to see the perfection does not mean to not speak up. There are times when we need to point something out, when we need to fight for something. But how to do this in a way that still affirms, that offers, right? That gives something. And so this, is pre- this precept is not speaking of wrongdoing, which should be um, pointed out, but that, that impulse to use our words as weapons. So instead, we focus here, right? Not out there. And we work to see the goodness and the harmony in all things. It is not toxic positivity. It is working to see the goodness and the harmony in all things, and then to speak as we need to, with courage, with fierceness, if we need it. To speak peace, to live peace, to be peace with our words. This is the precept on non-speaking of other errors and faults. In the midst of the Buddha Dharma, we are the same way, the same dharma, the same realization, the same practice. Do not speak of others' errors and faults. Do not destroy the way. I vow to see the perfection. I will not speak of others' errors and faults. Will you maintain this? I I vow to see the perfection. perfection. I will will not not speak speak of others' errors and faults. The seventh great precept is to realize self and others one, to not elevate the self and blame others. Where are these others? 
Because if we can answer that question, then we will find that there is no need to praise or to blame. This precept is really asking us to stand on our own two feet, to completely cover that ground upon which we stand, and to go beyond winning and losing, first and last, high and low. Right, so the last precept is really speaking of criticism. This one is speaking of separation. You know, the moment we blame, we separate. In short, as the Vimalakirti uh, Sutra says, remember he, he was saying, you know, Shariputra says, I only see highs and lows. I only see a pile of shit in this Buddha field. And one of the Brahmins says, the, the reason you see high and lows are because there are highs and lows in your mind. So this precept asks that we recognize what is low is low, what is high is as high, and that we recognize that there's no difference between the two. <clears throat> this is the precept on non-elevating the self and blaming others. Buddhas and ancestors realize the absolute emptiness and realize the great earth. When the great body is manifested, there is neither inside nor outside. When the Dharma body is manifested, there's not even a single square inch of earth upon which to stand. But I just asked you to cover that ground. So how do you do that? I vow to realize self and other as one. I will not elevate the self and blame others. Will you maintain this? I vow to realize self and other as one. I will not elevate the self and blame others. The eighth grave precept is to give generously, to not be withholding. The second precept was asking us to refrain from taking and then to be giving. This is taking another step. It's saying do not hold anything back because it's not yours anyway. What are you saving it for? Right. So to not fall under the spell of lack, to not think that there is not enough. The world that we live in lives under that spell. So we're saying we will not contribute to that. I will not be stingy. I will not protect what was never mine to hold. And notice how in the world so often those who have the most give the least. In my limited, humble experience, the more you give, the more is offered to you. And that is not why you give. You just give in the trust that there is enough, that there is more than enough. That is what this precept is asking you to see over and over and over again. <clears throat> what's, the, what's that children's game, you know, with the rubber bands? Can't yeah, just like that. <laughs> <clears throat> This is the precept on non-withholding. One phrase, one verse, 10,000 forms, 100 grasses, one dharma, one realization, all Buddhas, all ancestors. Since the beginning, 
there never was anything to withhold. I vow to give generously. I will not be withholding. Will you maintain this? I vow to give generously. I will not be withholding. The ninth grave precept is to actualize harmony, to not be angry. Anger, too, is self-protection. You know, stripped of self-centeredness, anger can be used for compassion, can be used for care, for deep love. So remember that the other side of anger is, in fact, compassion. Because imbued with self, anger destroys liberate, self-liberate anger, and use its energy to liberate others. This is the precept on non-being angry or non-anger. It is not regressing. It is not advancing. It is not real. It is not unreal. There is an illuminated cloud ocean. There is an ornamented cloud ocean. I, I vow to actualize harmony. I will not be angry. Will you maintain this? I vow to actualize harmony. I will not be angry. And the tenth grave precept. To experience the intimacy of things, to not defile the three treasures. I mean, this is all of it. It is saying, do not speak of the Dharma, practice the Dharma. Now, we speak of the Dharma all the time in order to study it. But this is what I insist, certainly when we meet face to face. Don't tell me. Do not explain to me. Show me. Live it and express. This precept is asking you to not defile the three treasures by not separating. Now, you cannot defile them. They are undefilable by definition. And so what is happening when we separate? It is an illusion. Defilement is an illusion. And still we take refuge, still we protect and take protection in the Dharma, in Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. <clears throat> the tenth grave precept is non-defiling the three treasures. Living the Dharma with the whole body and mind is the heart of wisdom and compassion. All virtues return to the ocean of reality. You should not comment on them, just practice them, realize them, and actualize them. I vow to experience the intimacy of things. I will not defile the three treasures. Will you maintain this? I vow to experience the intimacy of things. I will not defile the three treasures. <clears throat> yeah. 
Maybe you can be in Gashu and, and Chogi. Uh, the rest of you can relax. There's 16 precepts, the three treasures, the three pure precepts, and the 10 grave precepts are handed down by Shakyamuni Buddha, generation after generation. It's okay, she's, she's part of it too, and you too. <laughs> handed down by Shakyamuni Buddha, generation after generation, down to me. I now give them to you. Will you maintain them? Uh, just I will is fine. Will you maintain them well? I will. Will you really maintain them well? I will. Three full bows. <clears throat> and when you break them? I won't. I won't. Really? Okay. <laughs> What's your answer? When I break them? Yeah. When you break them? <clears throat> I hope I will see it. And I will How about you, Norm? When you break them? When you break them, what will you do? You will sit and what? Go to your teacher. Okay. <laughs> good, good answer, no. <laughs> second please so you can sit down for a second so i will now give the three recipients the rakusu and um well i will say that when it's your turn now uh norm you have your rakusu next to you okay So this is the Buddha's robe. It is a vast and formless field. It is a field of liberation. It is not a metal in any uh, sense. It is really an acknowledgement of the promise, the vow that you're making to walk the way of wisdom and compassion. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, if you can go up into Choki and Gesho. The Buddha's robe. Okay, you can sit back for a second. <clears throat> On this July 15th of 2023, Alexandra Brown has received the 16 precepts of the Buddha Way. Araksu, and has been given the Dharma name Komyo, so we say preceptor. Grace, Grace, it's okay. <clears throat> So today I am actually uh, sitting in, standing in for Myotai Sensei, although <laughs> although Adam is my teacher, <laughs> Adam is my teacher, although Adam is my student. Um, he studied for many, many years with Miyotai Sensei uh, of, um, first at Fire Lotus Temple and then at Hermitage Heart. And she was going to join us today and she was going to be here virtually. She uh, gave him his name and uh, that connection and that mind-to-mind -mind meeting with him. And so I am uh, the Kaishi by proxy sitting in for her. But Adam and I have known each other for more than 25 years, and so I am delighted to be the one who's here doing this. <clears throat> so on this, <laughs> I want to make sure that it's recorded. On this July 15th of 2023, Adam Green has been given the 16 precepts of the Buddha Way, the Buddha's robe, and the Dharma name Kaito, Sweet Myotai Sensei Preceptor. And now, Norm, if you could hold up your Raksu. Okay. okay. You have your incense bowl? So if you can incense it clockwise three times. Hmm. <laughs> 
Touch it to your forehead. And then you can put it on. The Buddhist robe. Uh, with your name on the inside. Yes. Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah. Okay, and now you can be in Gasho. Mm-hmm. On this July 15th of 2023. Actually, would you mind holding it so he's in front of me, please? I should have done that. Thank you. On this July 15th of 2023, Norman Christian has received the 16 precepts precepts of the Buddha way, the Buddha's robe, and has been given the Dharma name Songkai, Suisse preceptor. Now if you can bring that back, and uh, you do three... I, I will repeat it in just a little bit, and I will tell you what it means. So now you will do three full bows. So you can go down into Choki, so it's up, yeah. And everyone, please gasho. Uh, Norm, can you gasho? That's okay. When sentient beings receive the Shila, they enter the realm of the Buddhas, which is none other than the great enlightenment. Truly they are the children of the Buddha. When sentient beings receive the precepts, they enter the realm of the Buddhas, which is none other than the great enlightenment. Truly they are the children of the Buddha. When sentient beings receive the Shila, they enter the realm of the Buddhas, which is none other than the great enlightenment. Truly they are the children of the Buddha. So now you will do Jundo. Um, so if Shoho, if you can take the computer, if they'll come over and start over at this end. So they're doing a standing bow. You will walk through the room so that the, the Sangha can acknowledge you and congratulate you. So Norm can be uh, at the rear. And so just make sure that they have room in front of them. You can move that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
And so you would just do a seated bow as they pass. Okay, we are almost done. Desire shown in its full glory. So, Komio, your name is Ko. That first character, Ko, means light. It means a ray. It means to shine. Mio means bright, means dawn, means the passage of night. So Komio is a bright light. It's the light that shows things as they are, bright in their nature. It is not a false light. It is not forced. It is not artificial. It is like the sun. It just shines. Sometimes it is hidden. Sometimes... Can we do something? <clears throat> Sometimes you cannot feel its warmth, you cannot feel its light, but it's always, always there. And in your years of practice, this is what you have shown. And what you can still step into is to see that that light was always there. It was always there, and it reaches everywhere. So, komyo, bright light. Kaito. Your name, Kai, is ocean or sea. Without edge, covering the earth, reflecting the sky. It's also a sea god, like a bodhisattva of the ocean, that is powerful, that is benevolent, benevolent, mysterious. To means compassion, means humanity, means person. And this is from Myotai Sensei. <clears throat> Adam, Kaito, today you're receiving a new Dharma name meant to reflect your spiritual qualities, your aspirations, and your journey, and also the places of practice that may need attention as you continue to grow and serve, which is always true of the Dharma name.
It's a name that was chosen because there's some part of you that already embodies it and some part of you that will continue, hopefully always, to step into and let it grow. Your Dharma name is Kaito, which means sea of compassion or ocean of kindness. Kai is the first character and it means sea or ocean. It invites us to understand practice as boundless and infinite, oceanic, without edge, covering the earth, reflecting the sky, that expansive nature of the self beyond the limits of the ego. Just as the ocean accepts all rivers, we are to accept all experiences. You know the ocean intimately as a living and dynamic reality that can evoke a sense of wonder and awe. It is a source of challenge and adventure, as well as a reminder of the fragility and interconnectedness of all life. You train now in an ocean sangha, study with an ocean teacher. What is the sea of the heart, this ocean of compassion? Kaito. And Norm, your name is Songkai. Son, S-O-N, means respect or respected, revered, valued, beloved. Kai means world, means a field. So you are that field of benefaction. You are a field of respect. You are that field and you offer that to the world that respect, that honoring, that reverence. And so it means to live in a world that is peaceful, that is joyful, and to offer that to everyone you encounter. You're not done, Norm. You're not done. So offer that. It means to meet others as an integral part of the world and not as a means to an end. Every person is a world, and so meet them there. The Diamond Sutra says it is not a world, therefore it is called the world. So what is that, Sankai? So we're entering into this new relationship, which as I said, is in fact a very, very old relationship. And conventionally, you know, we could say that the moral and ethical teachings are there to keep us in check. This is not what this is. This is meant to liberate you. This is meant to awaken you. And when you fall asleep, to remember and to wake up again, moment after moment, day after day. So please, again, do not see this as rules, but as beacons. When you get lost, these are what show you. These are what show you the way. When you fall is what they help, what helps you to get up. But you have to be willing to engage them. 
they really are the fabric of a human life. And so all we have to do is to see that pattern clearly and to follow it. Right here, right where you are, which is of course always the only place where it is. So congratulations, my chicklets. <laughs> May your lives go well. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Desires are inexhaustible, I vow to and to Thank you.
可以有的的。Thank you for listening.、Uh, if you would like to listen to more talks, you can visit my website at vanessasuisedaughter.org. And if you would like to offer a donation, know that they're always much, much appreciated.、Uh, they allow me to dedicate more time to writing about and teaching the Dharma. They、uh, support the operations of the Ocean Mind Sangha, and they also allow us to offer scholarships for people who might need them.、Uh, so we always, always, very much appreciate your practice and your support. Thank you. <laughs>